RPG lessons learned. When the game is over, when your players are gone, that's when lessons are learned. We are at RPG LL Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, RPGLLPodcast at gmail.com, and check us out online at RPGLessonsLearned.com. Welcome to RPG Lessons Learned, the show where you can learn from our mistakes. With me this week is Mike. Hi, Dusty. And no Brian. No Brian. No Brian. That's all right. I think the two of us can handle it. Yep. So, Mike, today we're talking about a game that was very highly requested. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a game that I intended to run. This is from our Pathfinder campaign. Yep. Not a game that I intended to run at all. I, I had no desire to actually turn this into a session. But um, after the Haunted Tower, and we, we talked about this in the podcast some time ago. So, as a brief, brief recap, you guys had discovered that this haunted tower was haunted by the ghost of, of, a, of a poor, innocent guardsman who was left behind um, to starve once the once the town guard abandoned that tower. Um, he was he was nailed into a, a floor just below the top of the tower. Just to clarify, he wasn't nailed. No one crucified him to the no, floor. No, no, no. They, yeah, yeah. They trapped they, him they, inside they, the they, tower. They nailed the room that he was in shut in the stone tower with these thick oaken floors. Yes. And he perished. Yes. And those that did it, you guys uncovered, were uh, some crooked guardsmen yep. that had been accepting bribes from the bandits along the road. So I guess what I'm setting up here is, in that session, you guys keenly felt the injustice. Absolutely. I think it was also that I felt that we could not kill these guys because, you know, that that wasn't how we were, or especially my character, Kyra, was, was rolling at the time. I, I could not take a life in the name of taking another life. I felt that after we had this interaction with this person's spirit, you know, we, we talked to this ghost, he told us our story, that, that justice did have to be served, and the only way to do that was, was in a court of law of Sandpoint. So... This led to, for sessions, for weeks, you guys saying, you know, basically, I forget who first made the Law and Order comparison, but someone said, okay, this session that we just finished was the first half of a Law and Order episode, and we want the second half in court. We want the second half where the bad guys get convicted. Yep. And you guys started demanding that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. We finally made it happen, and that's the session we're going to talk about today, it is the actual courtroom drama. So, Mike, let's do our usual thing. Why don't you go ahead, and it's just you and me today, why don't you rate the session for me on a scale of, of 1 to 10, and then give me your elevator pitch for, you know, what do you want to get across about the session, if nothing else? I'm going to give it a 6, and I think the main thing I got, um, or the main thing I would say about the session is that... RPing out a courtroom drama is not as fun as you would think it would because all the weight is on the GM shoulders to adjudicate. So not only adjudicate as a judge, but also adjudicate the party and their actions. So I felt that we probably put an undue burden on you to be, you know, super creative and not only role play the magistrate, but role play the witnesses and role play um uh Shalalu all at the same time and the defendants and the defendants you had you had a lot of work to do on this and i think in hindsight that was probably a little unfair of us to ask 
Yeah, I didn't see that coming either. I didn't. I didn't really think about it until we were in the session, and then I was like, "Oh, duh." Yeah, you you literally had like six different angles you had to approach this from, and then think about how it impacts the world as a GM. So let's talk about Shalalu. So, those of you who who are familiar with Sandpoint and in, in, in the Galarian Pathfinder setting, Sandpoint has a different sheriff, but. In reading through the beginner box, I chose to make Shalalu the, 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 the captain of the town guard. And uh, it just made more sense to me, and I, I did it for a number of, of story and thematic reasons, but I really liked that the mayor, Kendra Deverlin, was female. And, and I really decided that, you know, it'd be really fun. We had had the Falkrest campaign for years with, uh, fair, you know, ba- Baron Markle Hay, the, 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 you know, Baron or Mayor or whatever, Falkrist, and then Captain Faring Ray. Yep. So I had fallen into, you know, every NPC was was by default a a a human male, and that's just because you know that's who I was playing with. That's it's, and I'd read an article shortly before we started the Pathfinder campaign about, hey, why don't you just try making more of your NPCs, you know, representative of of the demographics around you. So really wanted to have, have kind of a, a, a more of a female cast of NPCs this time, which was fun. But Shalalu, so I say I like to say, look, if you're familiar with Galarian and you know that Shalalu is not really the captain of the town guard, agreed, we know that. That was a choice that I made. But with Shalalu, an elf, being captain of this town guard, she'd been captain of the guard for a long time, for generations of guards. Um, and this this haunted the, the tower, this ghost, that was from when she first took over the town guard, and and she's seen all she sees all the guardsmen. I don't want to say, you know, in in a very mentor mentee light, like 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 a, I don't know, like a boss that's or a military leader that's been in place for a long time, and and you know, I, I love the book Starship Troopers where it really shows how the drill sergeants in a lot of ways really care. Yep. about the development of the troops underneath them and that's her she really cares she, she was mentally and at- emotionally attached to the well-being of her guardsmen and, and along came with that if if a guardsman you know went against her or opposed her that also had a mental and an emotional price to pay too so yeah so when you first met Shalalu, she was together oh yeah she was very you know she knew her stuff. She knew the town. She was familiar with everything. Yep. Nothing you did surprised her or took her off guard. She was very together. And then throughout the course of the campaign, <laughs> she became unhinged. We ruined that poor lady. And the first chink in her armor was in this session. Yep. What do you? Th- what, how'd you feel about that? What did you think about that? Did it, did it surprise you? When, when it did it feel realistic? Yeah, um, I'm going to say yes to both. It, it, it was very much surprising because up to that point, she had been that that rigid stalwart representative of law and order. And and I could tell in the games before, you know, it was it was definitely becoming a relationship, you know, of that finger wagging. You know, oh, you guys, ha ha, you're you know, you're you're the loose cannon. You're not playing by the rules. Stop that. But then in, in this one, it really started to come together. It's like, oh, no, we're we're having a toll. On, on this lady's well-being and and I think we are redefining her um, you know her, her her worldview of this town and and how good of a job she's been doing because clearly 
four or five adventures in now we're discovering all this stuff within town limits that's happening under her nose and we're we're totally destroying how she thinks and feels about sandpoint yeah i love that idea i and and here's what's interesting right is i love the tv shows that are self-aware of the whole villain of the week thing like i think i mean buffy the vampire slayer was the first one that i can think of where they would joke about this year's apocalypse and this year's big bad and this week's monster. And they would have little asides and episodes like, do you ever notice that this usually happens about once a week? <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, I, I, Alan Wake played with that a little bit too, especially the second game, American Nightmare, where it's like these townspeople in this town, like was this stuff really in the town to be uncovered or is it just the fact that we set a campaign there? You know, how much does our world interact with that world to create these problems? Right. And, and you know, I, anyway, whatever. Deep thoughts. Well, I mean, to, to think on that a little bit, I mean, the in my view, the problems were there in this town. I mean, literally one of the adventures we've played, I don't think we've talked about it yet, though, is where there's this giant sphere underground in the middle yeah. of the town. We didn't cause that. No. <laughs> so. But, but you were the linchpins that just uncovered all this stuff that had been brewing for years. Yeah. And they had certainly reached a point of, of homeostasis. Oh, yeah. It's a quiet town. Nothing, nothing out of the ordinary happening. It wasn't a town of chaos. It was but you guys stirred the pot a little bit. You killed Black Fang. And then everything everything <laughs> went south. Yeah. No, that that literally would be yeah. Alright, so let's let's talk about some of the role play. Yep. The magistrate. Dude. <laughs> I read stuff. Um I read a lot actually about traveling magistrates and, and actually I read I got more from the Wild West about the judges that would travel from town to town and then the how US Marshals worked and I, I sort of swirled all that together to play the magistrate that traveled to, to Sandpoint to, to hear cases every so often. And, and so playing the magistrate, you know, tired, weary, um, no, no heart whatsoever for justice because he doesn't know these people and he's been doing this for so long in so many towns that it's really a numbers game yeah. and, and it's a by the book game. And he can't afford to make personal decisions because he's very well aware that if he lets someone off just because he likes the, you know likes them, or they come off as as having you know some pretty high charisma to use some in game terms, that he could very well be losing a murderer on the town. Yep. So he tries to keep his feelings out of it. Did that come across? Like like how how did you take the magistrate? Did he feel real? How'd that work? I'd say so. I I think you did a really good job of making sure that the magistrate didn't just accept our testimony as word right it you, you did a very good job of making sure that when we were talking to him that he was only taking evidence as you know fact-based evidence as evidence for the consideration of 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 the trial um so yeah i think you did a really good job of of putting him up as you know this this beleaguered no nonsense guy who who pretty much has seen it all and heard it all and isn't going to be swayed by you know some some highfalutin courtroom speech i thought you did a good job with that so a real challenge for me in this game and i think it was obvious mike a huge challenge was to actually loop you guys into the trial yep the actual murder had taken place you know 50 years ago or however long ago yep generations ago um the actual murder took place quite some time ago. Uh, and Well, not generations, because these, these people did it. So call it 50 years ago. 
these former guards have certainly aged. When I say generations of guards, like I, I'm talking about career generations, not yeah, not living generations. Yeah, um, you know, figure ten years as a guard and then retire. Certainly, generations of guards that way have come through. And uh, so, looping you guys into that trial was really, really difficult. And the way I finally do it, did it, decided to do it before before the session was for Kyra to be able to present the the dead guard, the ghost's testimony. Yep. And for you to be able to do that, for Kyra to be able to do that, I had you prove your bona fides in front of the court that you were legitimately a cleric of this god and, and then before he would take, you know, your testimony even into account. Right. So that was my way of looping you in and letting you give testimony. Did your participation feel like you swayed the trial? Or did it feel like I was just looking for a way to get you involved? That's a good question. I I definitely feel like like my participation absolutely swayed the trial because because Shalalu was bombing it because she was you know drunk, um, three sheets to the wind. Um, so I think you made a good hook to get me involved. I don't know. That's that, that's a really good question. I mean, it, it definitely had an outcome. It definitely had a consequence. And I feel like the consequence of bringing me in was just that partial conviction, you know, where where the two were sentenced, but the two were free to go. So I would say, yeah, I, I think if if you hadn't have found a way to bring us in, then it would have just been you role playing yourself. And that would not have been fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had to bring you in. I just yeah. didn't know if it, if it wound up feeling like it was worthwhile. So let's talk about two being acquitted and two being found guilty and sentenced to death. Yep. So uh, of the four guards, Wilhelm and Thomas were certainly found guilty. And then Billy and Lavinia were, were, were acquitted. And Billy and Lavinia, the magistrate flat out told you guys, look, if anything happens to these two. Yeah, it's on our heads. You're, you're well-known vigilantes. Yeah. I'm going to know it's, it, it's, it's you guys. Or you all, I should say. And uh, we never, I guess one of my huge regrets. Well, before I talk about the regret. Letting two of them go and having you get incomplete justice, super annoying or added to the story? I'm going to say for my character personally, it was it was kind of annoying knowing that, you know, these these two people would continue to be a burr in my side, not being able to get the full justice, you know, to 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 satisfy the, the will of the of the spirit. Um, that, that we had that we had discovered. So for my character, that was a little annoying. I would say for me as a player, I was fine with it. I think what I was afraid of was that at some point you were going to bring those guys back knowing that they would have that leverage over us and to be able to do all sorts of crazy things. What I, what I really was surprised didn't happen was uh, that, that the, the, the black dragon assassin you had that was following us mm-hmm. when that first started happening, I thought he was working with those two to use their leverage and to get us a real tight situation. I was almost surprised that didn't happen. That's the regret. Yeah. I completely forgot oh. about Lavinia and Billy. I did such a good job throughout the entire campaign of, of, keeping notes and sending you guys emails with the notes and I'd reread the notes and, and make sure that the story called back to early. I, I constantly called back to earlier sessions. Yeah. But this session here in the middle of our campaign, 
somehow, I guess when I started, you know, at the end, when I really called back to the early sessions, because this was kind of in the middle, I just, I guess I looked right over it and I was looking at the really early stuff and, and not the stuff in the middle, but only pulling together these show notes did I read that Lavinia and Billy were acquitted and I was like, oh my gosh, I had such plans for them and I completely forgot them. Oh man. I think it might've also been that this, this particular game had a, had a sense of finality to it. Right. So this was kind of the wrap up of a two or three game session story arc within the story arc of Sandpoint itself. So that might've been some of it too, is it, it felt like it was kind of tying up a loose end within our greater game. And I felt kind of done with the whole court thing too. Yeah. And and I did start a thread here that I pulled on a little bit, which was while you gave testimony, there you noticed some older gents, like, you know, late 40s, early 50s that were still in great shape, that were some guards from back in the day. Yep. And you guys thought they were going to you know, take you outside and wail on you for, for turning in some of their own. But turns out they were there in support of Shalalu. And... I, I gave you an NPC contact amongst those former guards that wound up helping you in the very next adventure. Yeah. Did, so didn't he die in that adventure too? No, no, okay. he didn't. No, okay, good. No, good. he didn't. Um, in fact, I, I wish I'd brought those former guards back into the finale mm. when Shalalu had been, uh, had, had been replaced. But anyway, yeah. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Um, last thing. So we had this courtroom drama and I knew there'd be no combat. I knew I was going the law and order route. I, I, I had a sense that I wanted to give you some incomplete justice, but I wanted you to roll for it. And, and certainly I had you make some charisma checks along with, you know, your actual role played plea or testimony. So we did all the courtroom stuff. We finished that up and, and to get some combat in there so that we had a well-rounded session, I kind of shoehorned in this adventure seed directly out of the, out of the beginner box, which is pig tongue, the ogre. And I had you guys go to a farm, and we had a we you know f- look for pig tongue, find him, you know you found him um, you know basically comatose, where he had eaten all these livestock, and uh, you woke him up and and fought him, had a combat, killed him. Did that round the session out, or did it just feel completely tacked on? I'll be honest, I think it felt a little tacked on. I, I think this session would have been a okay had it just been completely RP. Let's talk about lessons learned. So the first lesson is, oh my gosh, uh, courtroom drama is, to your point, Mike, such work for the GM. And and I I don't think I'd ever do that again, unless I had a real compelling way to bring in every single PC. If I had an opportunity for every single PC to give testimony, and ooh, if there was a way for that testimony to be a little bit conflicting, that could be really fun. Yep. But, you know, just watching this case get tried as much as you guys wanted justice done i think when we actually started you guys were like oh this is kind of boring just like real court (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i I didn't want to have someone like attack the courtroom and burn it down i didn't want to do a boondock saints thing where vigilantes burst out i I didn't want to do any of that that just felt ridiculous i really want sandpoint to feel real yeah like a real town where there is some law and order and there are some authorities that you can call on. So, you know, we, we had the courtroom drama. So maybe, I don't know what the lesson is there. So the lesson for sure is GMs, don't get yourselves into positions where you have to role play with yourself. Yep. Don't get into a position where you have to role play 10 people in one scene. The magistrate, the defendants, the witnesses, the, the 
the town guard. I mean, I just had way too many NPCs, and I, I could see a lot of scenarios that would turn into that. Like, like, forget the courtroom. Like, what about court? Like, if you guys were to go to a nightly court and, and have to deal with lots of nobles, my God, that'd be a lot of NPCs. Like, just really, GMs, be careful about having to deal with a lot of NPCs, especially all in one scene. So that was rough. Um, especially for beginning GMs, like like Dusk worked out so well because there were a lot of NPC interactions, but they were all one at a time. Yep. It was all the players with one NPC. Where I really want to highlight what's problematic is all the players and a lot of NPCs all in the same room. Yep. Because when NPCs start reacting to each other, oh, brother. All right, so so that's a lesson learned. What else, Mike? What, what do we need to talk about? I think the other main lesson from this one is 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 don't be afraid to have an RP only session. You know, sometimes you you don't need a combat encounter, especially when it's not related to what's happening in the story that you're telling at the time. So let a session be what it is. Yeah, and don't be afraid of that. Yeah. Okay. And we've talked about it before. We've we've made fun of that Hollywood notion of, you know, oh, you need an action beat here, you need an action scene here, and that, that's exactly what I did, and it didn't work. It broke the the beautiful crystalline clarity of what the session was. All right. Was there any satisfaction at all from getting what you asked for and getting the courtroom drama and seeing at least two of the murderers sentenced to death? Yeah, I think overall it ultimately was necessary to, you know, wrap up this story arc to, to finish up with the ghosts, to finish up with the, the crooked guards to, um, to basically, you know, continue Shalalu along her story arc. Cause I feel like, as a as an NPC character, that story arc was actually more crucial to her character than it maybe was to ours. Um, so I, I think it was necessary to to just fill out the the realness of the town. If I had just narrated more of that and made it be you know over in half an hour instead of an hour or an hour and a half, however long it took. If I if I'd made it be over faster by narrating more and role playing less, would that have been as satisfying and fulfilled? Your, your very, frankly, vehement and specific desire for courtroom drama. Or would that have been annoying because you didn't get what you asked for? You know, I don't know. I, I was satisfied with, with what we did. I, I don't know if just listening to a narration of it would have been as satisfying. There, there was some satisfaction of being a part of it, of watching it play out in real time, of having some influence on that outcome, of seeing the... The, the, uh, the, the, the results of, you know, the consequences of our, of our choices. So I, I'm conflicted. I, I'll probably have to say I would lean towards, I think what we did was more satisfying than just listening to it be narrated out. So it's okay to give the players what they asked for. Yeah. Okay. So avoid role playing with yourself. Don't be afraid to, to let a, a session be what it is. And it's okay to give players what they ask for. All right. That's RPG Lessons Learned this week. Thank you for listening. And uh, next week, look forward to the dulcet tones of, of Brian's voice as he will be back with us. People call them postmortems, evaluations, appraisals, reviews, retrospectives. We call them Lessons Learned. And we're sharing ours with you.